Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, this week is a little bit of a plot twist in terms of uh, the format. Um, so rather than interviewing an academic or somebody who is a specialist in their area, uh, I'm talking to a parent. And the reason I'm talking to a parent is because this is uh, a format that also follows about gaming and why, why I'm so passionate about um, games for good and games for mental health. And also, as you'll find out in this episode, games for distraction and being able to cope with what life throws at you. Um, one of the things I'd actually said to Johnny in, in, t- in this interview is I wish that um, certain developers were making um, console, consoles or controllers that adapted for people with um, disabilities or mobility issues or, or things like that. Um, and then I googled and I found out that actually Microsoft have gone ahead and done this. So where I kind of sound like it, it, this, this technology doesn't exist, it does. Um, I'm going to put the notes, uh, as I say during the episode, I'm going to put the notes about um, the charity that Johnny and Carol are are running. Um, I'm just going to say to you that this episode is really heartwarming. Um, It can be quite distressing to listen to in terms of um, what these parents have actually been through. Um, But the cause that they're pushing for is is wonderful. Um, And whilst whilst supporting me and supporting them uh i actually had a bit of a a reflective feedback about this and i considered actually if we could get these gaming consoles as as johnny and carol are trying to do that may even lead to the potential of uh therapeutic services being in hospices hospitals homes wherever it is that the child is um so I'm going to say that this this is a really, really brilliant episode in terms of what the potentials are around gaming. Um, obviously, you all know my opinions on this, about gaming is not the uh, evil mire that it keeps being uh, uh, touted as in on social media and in uh, any kind of media. So this is about um, listening to this story maybe even putting your hand in your pocket and and helping uh, this charity. Also, uh, the provision that we could actually put forward to help these children in uh, distress. And I just wanted to say um, it it was a pleasure interviewing Johnny. Um, Unfortunately, Carol couldn't be there for the day, so we we will get round to that at at another point um, because I really do want to keep you updated on how the charity is going. For those of you checking in uh, when the episode comes out, have a wonderful bank holiday. Uh, It should be bank holiday Monday today and hopefully the sun's going to be shining. Well, maybe. Um, I'll see you all next week. Uh, Don't forget to, if you really don't mind, 30 seconds of your time reviewing this, rating it. Um, You can do that on iTunes. You can do that on, on YouTube. You can share these episodes. And also uh, heading over to my Patreon page. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash cybersynapse and becoming one of my subscribers from there. Um, there, There's a lot to be talked about over the next next year or so in terms of this uh, podcast. So I hope you'll stay with me. 
I'm hoping to bring you a lot of information uh, with a lot of people and just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week I'm joined by Johnny Myrie. Johnny Myrie is, I, th I think what I'm going to say is I'm going to just introduce you as a parent running yeah. a charity called the Rocking Our Charity. Yeah. Now this episode is going to be very different to the ones we've done so far on Cyber Synapse and where I normally ask why people do what they do I kind of know the reason you do that, Johnny. So first of all, I'm going to ask you, why do you have the Rockin' Our Charity and would you like to kind of introduce where you're coming from and what you're doing? Yeah, cool. Not a problem. So basically, um, in June last year, as um, sort of world got, um, June 2017, uh, Reese developed uh, Double Vision. Uh, basically, obviously, we took him to opticians, and it, it turned out it wasn't his eyes at all. And obviously, as as we progressed on, um, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, uh, known as DIPG. Uh, unfortunately, DIPG is just there's no cure, there's nothing. They don't know what causes it. They don't know, you know, why it's predominantly in children uh, and only children. Uh, and unfortunately, there's just no, that's it. It's end of story. Um, mm -hmm. Reese throughout his, um, Reese had always loved gaming, always loved it from a young age, he'd loved gaming. So basically, gaming offered the biggest distraction to Reese uh, while he had his cancer, basically, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't only from Reese's point of view that we saw that we met other families, we met other children there. Um, and we we realized obviously with what was happening and the distraction that this gaming uh gives to kids basically um and it just distracted them from their illness you know they were sort of immersed in something else basically which and yeah. they weren't thinking about the illness and we, and we saw this on numerous occasions a lot of occasions basically um and what we did is obviously the 4th of march we lost reese um and for me, it was it was just so simple, probably to go back to everyday life and never do anything about this. You know what I mean? And never mm -hmm. do, yeah. Never carry it on and just go back and you know, I'd always be that guy who you know, that's the guy who lost his son to a brain tumor. But I thought Reese and kids most definitely deserved a lot more. So basically, we set the Rocking Hour charity up. The Rocking Hour were Reese's online game tag. Yeah, and that was Reese's. That was Reese. The Rocking Hour was the Rocking Reese. Mm -hmm. The R was the Reese. It was his game tag basically, and it's still there on Xbox today, uh, on PlayStation, on console. It's the Rocking Hour thirteen. Thirteen were Reese's favorite day. Um, he seemed to get special mentions at school on Friday the 13th, believe it or not. <laughs> so yeah. the Friday the 13th become actually Reese's thing. So when we tried to register for PlayStation, we couldn't get the Rocking R, so we got the Rocking R13, basically. So that's why sometimes you'll see the game tag Rocking R13, and you'll see the Rocking R. Um, and basically moving on for us, it was just... I understood, and I'd seen many times what this distraction gaming give and i just thought can i can i do something can i can i do something about this is there something i can do you know and mm -hmm. the right thing seems to be to set a charity up basically um, yeah so we jumped through a lot of hoops and we eventually got the charity uh and 
as main aim, what we wanted to do, we wanted to give kids with DIPG brain tumors uh, consoles for home. So we wanted to give them a, a choice of a Xbox, PlayStation, or a Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Um, an extra controller, obviously, so these kids can engage, interact, jump on with the mum, the dad, the siblings, friends, all the rest of it, which was the whole idea of it. And basically, um, we give them an £100 gaming voucher. The £100 gaming voucher was also to basically... Um, so these kids can actually get out for the day as well and do like a shopping trip and spend yeah. the money on this yeah. game. So we tried to do that. When we looked at it with DIPG, there were 40 kids a year. And that's it. That's who get it. Um, unfortunately, really, really sadly, that's 40 kids who are going to pass away. There's, you know, yeah. Yeah. so sad. The reason we did it with the home gaming consoles is that people, I always say this, when we talk about the stereotypical uh child with cancer if you see one with the feeding tubes and the no air and stuff you would think that is a diet that is a definite diagnosis of cancer reese didn't look like that he didn't yeah. and he yeah. spent very little time in hospital um he spent time at home uh, and a lot of these kids with the ipg do uh, reese over his nine month period spent four nights in hospital that's it that's yeah. it so all the time he was at home so that was the idea about giving these kids gaming from home basically i.e giving these kids with dipg now i know there's a lot of really horrible brain tumors out there as well which are not mm -hmm. in any chance yeah, yeah. we're getting a lot of people saying what about this what about that and it's like well just hang on let's i aren't saying we aren't going to address that eventually we hopefully will but we sort of want to stand where you know from lisa's point of view where you know dipg took lisa's life there's yeah. the sad thing about DIPG is it is palliative from the start. That's it. There's nothing there. So you become palliative right from the word go, where there's your neuroblastomas and stuff. Even though it is a horrific brain tumour, it's not actually palliative from the start. You know what I mean? Although yeah. it's really, really bad and it's not nice. So maybe in time, we will try and address stuff like that. The second thing we wanted to do is because we give kids with DIPG and we give these home consoles, we looked at giving kids through all oncology, basically, um, a chance to game. So mm. we come up with the gaming units, the mobile gaming units, basically. And this consists of basically a sort of medical trolley that's all infection control and all the rest of it with a choice of, again, a console, whether that be an Xbox or a PlayStation. There's a monitor there. There's two controllers, obviously. Yeah. And the idea is that these kids that they couldn't get out of bed that we basically provided them and we could wheel this actual unit up to them so if they were receiving treatment the chemo or whatever or whatever, or they were just bedridden basically you know they didn't feel like it we could actually pull this trolley up to them and the main thing again for us what we just offered this massive distraction we gave them this huge distraction that if these kids were on it for 30 minutes half an hour it was 30 minutes half an hour that actually wasn't thinking about you know what was wrong with them or you know god knows what goes through these kids minds you know, mm -hmm. yeah. you know we've often talked uh, you know what what was going through reese's mind you know but i know when reese were gaming there wasn't a great deal going through his mind apart from that and it was the distraction yeah and we've got gone for the sense of normality the engaging you know the interaction with other kids you know maybe the kid next door in the bed maybe he can't game uh, maybe he can get out of bed 
So he's going to get out of bed and he's going to sit on the other lad's bed or the other girl's bed and they can play, you know, two players, split screen, whatever. And so the whole idea is that these kids interact, engage and again offer this massive distraction. So that's where we are with a charity. Um, up to press, we're doing, we haven't actually got a gaming unit on. We have got six ordered. We have actually uh, done the Yorkshire yeah. area as such, um, which would be nice to get them onto the wards. Um, all the play specialists, uh, we have senior oncologists, we have top neurosurgeons who are like mm -hmm. buzzing to get these basically, you know, which is really nice. Um, yeah. Well, that's where we are as a charity and that's what we're trying to do. Um, we did make a pledge that we would go through where the charity registered in England and Wales. So we made a pledge that we'd go through the 16 England and Wales uh, oncology hospitals. It seems to us now that that's probably going to be far, far more expectant. We, we've now got paediatric wards coming to us. Can we have one? Yeah. Uh, you know, you may have a kid in traction who broke his leg playing football. He can't get out of bed. Again, perfect scenario, you know, for the gaming unit, basically. Can you roll it up to them? They can play on it. Give them a distraction, you know. And, you know, that's the whole idea. Mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. Make them engage, interact, give some sort of normality to it. You know, kids who go to hospital, the chances are they've been gaming at home. Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is, uh, yeah. yeah. So the idea is, why would they go into hospital and have that taken away from them? So to give yeah. some sort of normality, let's give them some, let's give them a bit of gaming in hospital because it gives them the normality of being at home. So yeah. that was the whole idea, basically. So whereas we have gone for oncology, again, just like the DIPG brain tumour, We've started somewhere, but I'm pretty sure this will go, you know, far and beyond oncology. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Pediatric. And it probably will go into um, young persons most definitely. Uh, we're trying to offer age-appropriate games uh, to the children and obviously to the young persons and stuff. But what we do say is if you've got games at home, bring them along, slot them in there and play away, you know what I mean? And that's the idea. Um, I know a lot of hospitals have fantastic internet and a lot of hospitals don't have any internet whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. That's the sort of gist I'm getting when I'm speaking to these, uh, you know, hospitals all over the country. Um, but online gaming isn't the end all and be all. It really isn't. You can still game, not online. You can still mm -hmm. enjoy yourself playing a game. You know, Minecraft was never, a it was never an online game to start with. You just built stuff, didn't you, basically? And look how yeah. popular that became so you know so we're trying to you know we're trying to get a bit of both if you know if hospitals can't connect to the internet then hopefully you know you can still play you mm. can still have a split screen of fours or can't you yeah absolutely all that sort of stuff so this is what we're trying to achieve basically yeah. um and we will we will um and like i said we've covered yorkshire region at the moment we've got two going into lgi We've got one going to Martin House Hospice, which is just a fantastic charity in itself, what it does for kids. We've got one going into Sheffield Children's, and we've got one going into um, Radiotherapy uh, Leeds, where a lot of kids, they, actually, they can be sat there for six hours, basically, receiving radiotherapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A long, long time. And again, if we can wheel one of these mobile gaming units up, it's, it's, it can't be a bad thing, surely. Not at all. Not at all. I, I I really kind of have so many questions for you, Johnny. And, and we, I mean, we did have quite a bit of a chat before we even started this. Um, but there is something here about um, 
I, I reckon what I might say is actually there's a call to arms at the moment. So if anybody is listening that knows any way that they could kind of help um, in the promotion of your charity or kind of getting some more units, actually helping distribute, whatever it is, um, your de- I'm going to put your details in the show notes. But also, as, as a therapist, oh, I was so excited to be able to um, interview you in terms of um, – well, I mean, A, you're only down the road from it, about two, three miles, aren't you, in Wakefield? Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, so this is from a therapist perspective. This absolutely adds on to the interview I did with um, Anthony Bean the other week. Um, this is what therapeutic gaming is about. This is such a brilliant idea for the children who are incarcerated into a hospital setting, who are incarcerated at home. Actually, what you're providing them with is normality, cooperation so in terms of what you were talking about there with two kids playing together you've got cooperative play oh wow i just want to go wow so this is this is the positive spin on gaming and even if we kind of talked about this didn't we even if the children sit on those games for 16 hours a day in on on a hospital ward so what so what because actually the fact that they're in the hospital is quite a, a meek place for a lot of them it's, it's... I think the thing is, is you know, when you get plunged into, we got plunged into a situation which was just, you know, I feel for any parent, I, I do, I, I really do, uh, and it's a totally alien, it's just totally alien to you, mm. mm-hmm. a cancer diagnosis, it's just totally alien, there's new terminology that comes about, and you know, yeah. all this, and you're sort of, and you know, the strongest of the kids they're just they're so resilient it's untrue you know i know reese you know he'd wake up he'd be sick all morning you know and he couldn't you know he couldn't stand up because of his balance and everything and you know one of the family members are coming house and how are you reese and we're plodding on dad aren't we and you're like whoa just Mm -hmm. you know and these kids deserve so much more yeah and you know a coloring book you know what I mean? Then a game of Scrabble or a game of Monopoly. They deserve so much more. And the thing is, what we've tried, what we're trying to achieve is everything they would do at home with gaming. Because let's face it, most kids have some kind of gaming. Yep, yep, yep. Most definitely. Whether that be a Nintendo DS, a Nintendo Switch, a console that you can't. I mean, one of the things we first bought for Reese, and it was just fantastic, we bought him a Switch. Because basically, he could put it on the big telly at home or put it on a monitor, and he could take mm-hmm. it with him. Yeah. You know, and the distraction, you know, we took a trial with Reese, and Reese had to be closely monitored once every week. He had his bloods. Reese absolutely hated his bloods doing. But when he had his Nintendo Switch, it was, Reese, you've got your bloods. Yeah, whatever, Dad. Yeah. And you didn't hear the thing, you know, because he was distracted. He was mm-hmm. distracted. He was doing something that he enjoyed. And he was distracted, you know, and it's like gaming in general, you know, we've seen all the research, there's all the, you know, there's the bad press out there. There's <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. But, you know, I always say as long as it's proportionate and it's in moderation, then there's, there's no problem. There, there can't be a problem. And you have to put that back to parents as well, just like you put it to uh, a play specialist who's in charge of the probably the gaming units in, in a hospital. You know, if they, you know, distribute these gaming units out to kids and sort of, look, you've, you've had a couple of hours on it now, let's give somebody else it, let's give them a break. 
there should be no problem whatsoever in my eyes you know what i mean there really isn't um and we have got a lot of research i've looked at the research and again it just comes back to what's proportionate and what's moderate and you know and parental consent you know yeah 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 i think uh, for, for me as a therapist there's also something about um the the fear that children actually um uh, they kind of quite often swallow it down and they kind of just put it to one side so they don't upset parents and so on actually this is a, this is one of the things yeah. that allows children to be who they are in that moment in the in the the, the setting so it's it's one of the reasons why as, as i said to you before i use games in therapy and I'm, I'm absolutely anti these gaming disorders i'm absolutely anti the 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 basically the psychopathology and letters that we keep uh, attributing to children but this for me is if the, that child is frightened of needles or they're frightened of the what the hospital might smell like look like this is, and you used the word really appropriately earlier, it's a distraction. Actually, that's one of the ways that we help toddlers. So, you know, when they're having a, a meltdown in the supermarket, we tend to distract them with, oh, look, look, what's that over there? Exactly the same, yeah. 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 So exactly this is, yeah, this is a regulation technique. So I'm, I'm going to talk like a therapist just for a moment. When children are emotionally dysregulated, this is the thing that helps them stay regulated. So knowing that there's a computer gaming console means that actually they get to do something that they do at home therefore they can generalize to where they are and they could go actually i can do something that feels okay and safe which is gaming and that's what it's like to be at home or when i'm at home and i've got to have all these tubes and these people because it can be really overwhelming and I'm, I'm just thinking about the younger children but also adolescents who tend to dysregulate really quickly this is one way that they can tap into something that feels safe most definitely. I mean, when um, obviously when Reese got diagnosed, our house what it would open house. Yeah. We had everybody. We had oncologists coming in, yeah. nurses, social workers. Um, you, you know, um, people who helped Reese get about and stuff and what have you. We had, you know, eventually we had a stair lift fitted and all the rest of it. So it would just it would just open house, and you know, Reese would just sit there. It, he'd be gaming away. He won't bothered. You were always polite to everybody. Ah, oh, yeah, you don't mind, but I'm just busy in this, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any game away and stuff and what have you. I mean, one of the saddest days, and I'll always remember this, is uh, we woke up one morning and Reese's left hand won't work. Um, and that was sadly the end of his gaming. Uh, part of the condition of the IPG is that he lost his left hand side. Yeah. And he went to pick the controller up. Uh, and he says, why Why will my thumb not go on this joypad? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we sort of made excuses and went, Reese, you may, you, you might have got on been laid on it. It's just gone numb. And we knew, we knew what it was. And Reese said, he said, you do not understand. This has been my world. Yeah. This has been my world that I've been in. Mm-hmm don't understand what it's like not to game um and it was a sad sad day that's the day Reese couldn't game so um Reese also got a palsy on his left hand side so his speech went slow so it was like dad can you do this for me i'll try so obviously because Reese's speech had gone slow by the time Reese had given me some instructions obviously <laughs> We were a bit too late with everything, like and what have you. Um, are you tr are you trying to say that you're not so good at gaming, Johnny? As well, uh, I, I I do try, <laughs> I do try, you know. And it, yeah. it's like I always say, you know, 
when I lost Reese, it was a case of I didn't just lose Reese, I lost my best mate because even though it's a massive age gap, dads dads engage in what the kids like and kids engage in what the dads like, don't they? Just, just well, quite. vice versa with daughters and what have you, you know, yeah. there's there's no way eleven year old lad should like what his dad likes at fifty year old. I mean, one of the things Reese got into it was uh, pop vinyls, uh, the little pop vinyl figures. Yeah, I've noticed that there's some behind you. Half I still collect them now. <laughs> yeah. I should be doing that, you know what I mean? But I do, you know, I do. And, you know, so obviously I were engaged. And we had a conversation just the other night with my wife, which were basically, you know, I miss Reese's involvement in the gaming because Reese actually, you know, told me about the new games that were coming out, although we do try as best, obviously, with the charity to keep up there. But mm -hmm. Reese was always on the button, you know what I mean? He always mm -hmm. knew what were coming, and he always... And it, do you know what? Another side of it is, it's just not the gaming. It's not just the gaming. It's the involvement. It's, you know, a new game gets launched, and, and they'll bring a beta out now, and what have you, and they'll bring... There'll be a massive conference online, and it's all the hype, and it's the YouTubers who are playing it first, you know, and what have you. Yeah. Reese's Reese's wish, um, he got a wish granted from Make a Wish, which is just a fantastic charity. And Reese could have gone anywhere and done anything. Yeah, he, he chose to meet Jack Septicai, Sean Sean McLaughlin, uh, with twenty million subscribers uh, in Brighton, and we went and met Sean. And Reese could have wished for anything, anything. Yeah, and he wished to meet a YouTuber. You know, well, so, it'll have been his favourite YouTuber, you know, as as he as he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was his favourite YouTuber, you know, which they made it happen and stuff and what have you. So, you know, it's just it's um, the gaming, the gaming, the old gaming to these kids. It's not just actually playing the game; it's everything round it. Into it. it's everything that's surrounded round it uh, that immerses them into it, basically. Um, and you know, I never ever. So any bad come from that with Reese in any shape or form, never. And he, he'd been gaming, you know, since, uh, you know, little Nintendo DSs and stuff and what have you. And I never saw any bad come out of Reese. Reese was just a wonderful little lad, to be honest with you. The most polite, the most well-mannered you'd ever met. You know, mm -hmm. never never any effects that gaming had made Reese into, you know, this monster or anything like that. It just wasn't in any shape or form. He was the most polite you know most polite kid you'd ever meet in your life yeah. uh, so i'm a big again if it's in moderation if it's been proportion one of the things i will say with kids with dipg which is purely palliative it has a diagnosis of nine months some go quicker uh some you know take a little bit more time would it really matter how much gaming they were on I, well uh, that was that was sort of <laughs> that you was know, sort of the comment it? we just made we're really you yeah know, would it matter if they're totally, totally palliative, right? And the worst is going to happen. Would it actually matter? How well, much gaming they do? Yeah. Well, this is exactly why. Um, I mean, apart from the fact that I wish we'd taped the conversation we were having just before we started recording for this, because actually this is what we really got into is for for uh, let's let me say for the number of children as well as adults. Um, and I will put that in brackets. But for the number of children who do end up in a palliative. Um, scenario actually this is the positive of gaming and you know i think it's such a fantastic uh, uh, charity and service that will be provided these children are going to be able to manage the last of their days in in an environment that feels okay 
because can and you imagine enjoy, which they enjoy yeah I, I, enjoy it you know these, yeah. kids, these kids won't spend the time on gaming if they didn't enjoy it yeah kids are very fickle they'll soon fall out with something yeah i wonder um and it is just a, a way that my mind was going earlier when you talked about um so that the uh, autophagy happens where you get the loss of um controlling your limbs and so on actually i wonder why the gaming industry can't develop consoles for children who have disabilities and and, and that could be something that could also yeah. go alongside this yeah. um by the then, way i'm making your job much much harder now yeah <laughs> it's um I, the years, you know, when Reese lost his uh, left hand side, basically we did. I mean, Leeds LGI were fantastic with us. We had um, an outreach worker, outreach uh, Tracy, fantastic. She actually went, you know, above and beyond um, what she had to do, and she were ringing around all the country. Um, and there were people that adapted these controllers, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, actually, I don't think it will work for Reese. Reese tended to play fast-paced games, really fast-paced games, which, and it could have actually made it a little bit more annoying for Reese um, than actually worked. If you know what I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, it would have all. It would have been nice to have that option, though, Kath. It really yeah, I, yeah. Nice, you know, to have yeah, that. I was thinking more so. Uh, actually, there's a lot of children. So you talked about actually these. Um, so I'm just going to go back to the the gaming units. So I've seen the gaming units. They're um, as you talked about earlier. They're accessible for children in beds. They're also accessible for children in wheelchairs. For basically for anybody in any position, uh, wherever they are, whether that's hospital, palliative care, home, wherever it might be. But I'm thinking, actually, then that that was um, for children who are in hospital who may have use of their limbs. But there's also something here for children who don't have have the, their um, full range of motion and so on. And actually, this is what we're talking about. So whatever the the um, disability or the, the deficit might be in one area, actually, this is what the industry hasn't provided at the moment. So there's, it's, it's, one of the one of the things which a lot of hospitals have asked us for is and it will back to oncology more so oncology a lot of these kids are going you know with bone marrow they're going to isolation so they're yeah. going in the room by themselves yeah and they can't do anything they can't come out this room they're in total isolation you imagine rocking up with a gaming cat you go in there with that honestly that has got to make their day yeah you know and, and we've said with this charity we will make kids smile that's what we're going to do. That's what we set out to do, to make kids smile. Yeah. And you think you're in there. You can't leave that room because of the treatment that you're on. You've been in there for God knows how long. But you can have two hours a day with this gaming unit. It's got yeah. to be dream come true to these kids. Um, yeah, because in, in terms of isolation, just the very fact that you are isolated is a really, really, um, uh, I'm going to start using some really shameful words now. It's bad. It's bad to be isolated and not have contact. It's what? how we punish. Yeah, I mean, it's how we punish criminals. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, you and I know from a conversation that we just had kind of being on your own uh, is, is not really very nice in terms of, you know, when you have to go and do your stag on duty and things. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. You know, so just to even offer that to these kids where, again, it's giving that sense of normality. The chances are this kid who's in isolation, whether it be a boy or a girl or whatever, they've done some type of gaming at all, whatever it be, you know what I mean? And, you know, just because they're in isolation, why should we take that away from them? Why should it? Oh, it's tough, you're in isolation. 
But if we've got these gaming units that we can wheel in, and, and the gaming units are all infection control, that's the whole idea where they can be wiped down after um, that, you know, there were a lot of thought gone into them about that. They are a medical car as such and what have you. Um, so that's it. So that's just another thing that they can be used for uh, through hospitals, you know, throughout mm -hmm. the country, mm -hmm. Europe, everywhere, basically, which has got to be, again, a massive, massive plus to these kids. And... Yeah. You know, a massive plus to the parents, Kat. You know, just a massive plus to the care parents. Just, you know, because what I always say is, if your kid's happy in these situations that you've been plunged into, it gives you that bit of space. And it means the world to you as well. It's not just... One of the things we've said is we're supporting children, young persons and families. And I do really, really agree that that's what we're trying to do. You know, you give you give the parents a breather. You give mm -hmm. them that little bit of space. And if we yeah. can do that, you know, it gives them sort of some, some sort of normality as well. You know, so that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to do it at home, obviously, with the consoles, and especially on the uh, hospital wards, which a lot of these kids, we, you know, cancer diagnosis, I never realised this, obviously. We spent very little time in hospital with Reese. Some of these kids are on there 18 months. Yep. Yeah. 18 months, you know, that's a long time. Yeah. And they, these are the children that I w won't see uh, generally. I mean, I, I see children who um, who do obviously come to the clinic and, and the building. So I do see some children with um, disabilities, disorders, illnesses, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't see children that are palliative because they tend to go to the palliative care units or they tend to be at home or at hospices. And actually, I'm sat thinking when when you kind of take... Um, uh, the existential view of life the thing that we all fear the most is death yeah. and actually that's that's what we're doing we're, this is why this conversation for me is just so damn important in terms of this is why games are so positive so I know that lots of my other podcasts have been around um, kind of the the ifs buts and maybes and, and I've <laughs> plenty much thought and thought and thought about the gaming disorder and I've had like I said to you Pat Markey on regarding the moral kind of uh yeah the the moral panics that we tend to have i've had tony bean on about um uh, gaming and how they're used in therapy do you know this is probably the most therapeutic uh, uh recommendation i could actually suggest and i would say suggest and i would also echo so what if they're on the games 14 15 16 hours a day i don't think it really matters at all if a child's in palliative care and Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. You yeah. know, I don't see where, you know, if this is offering that distraction to that child, mm -hmm. then in a palliative case, definitely, definitely not, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, most definitely. Because, you know, Reese never knew, he were, you know, Reese never knew we were palliative. We never told him. We never told Reese he had DIPG. He'd have just Googled it. It wasn't hard. You know what I mean? He, he, yeah. he, wore, he wore 10 when he got it, 11 when he passed away with Reese. Um, but he wasn't daft. He, he wasn't daft. We we didn't even tell family. Uh, mm -hmm. well, me and Carol know that were it. You know, right. because we knew the family would be different with Reese. They'd act different with him. And they would. They would have. They would have been different with him. So, yeah. I mean, eventually we had, obviously, people sort of found out for themselves because, you know, the deterioration that Reese were going through, uh, it was quite obvious that he wasn't getting any better uh, at some point. Um but, you know, one of the things we've said and one of the things on the website, you know, it gave Reese so much pleasure. 
throughout his throughout his illness, knowing yeah. that he could be part of an online gaming community twenty four hours a day, Kath, because when these kids are in this position, yeah, they don't just sleep, they don't just go to bed at nine o'clock and wake up at nine o'clock the next morning, mm -hmm. fresh and daisy. Yeah. They don't, you know. Reese were on steroids, dexamethasone and stuff and what have you, which you know, they call it steroid rage and that. He'd be up at four o'clock in the morning bouncing about and stuff and what have you because of the medication he were on and he could jump on a game and immerse himself and forget all about his illness yeah and and to us that was just mm, a massive distraction well I, I was thinking actually for children who are um if you like probably about age eight plus usually when when they are self-competent actually that would have given you the sleep that you needed during the night to actually have the energy to be able to deal with your your situation as a family because there, there's something about actually he wasn't sneaking downstairs to turn the telly on to put a vhs in you know like we're used to in our day uh, he's actually able to get his consult and just turn it on and and play on it and that that will have been um self -effect. well i'm just thinking about all the benefits of this when you mentioned online community actually he still got to play out with his mates didn't he he did yeah yeah that's that's what I we're think, talking um, when reese um they were a a lovely family basically they raised um, like 550 pound for her reese um in a collection at work and they give reese it and said go, go you know give reese it and enjoy yourself when he'd been diagnosed and and we did and uh, when Reese passed away, one of the things we did is we got um, that family. We sent them a game from Reese, basically saying, mm. "You know, from, from your mate, enjoy it, sort of." And he came to the school holidays, and the kids, you know, these kids were on this game. And his mum said to him, "Why don't you go play out?" Reply mm -hmm. to his mum. He said, "Why would I want to go play out, man, when all my mates and friends are on here?" Uh yeah and she didn't get that no. i did mm -hmm. obviously i did she says well how do you mean he says mom all my friends are here online playing the game yeah right staying in playing games is the new playing out now whether you like that or whether you don't i remember as kids we would get out of the house enough you got i'll see you at tea time mm -hmm. and, and that's what i'm kids don't do that now they don't tend to do that mm-hmm well, we, we talked about this with campaigns, new games, campaigns, and, and I actually said to you about um, Pat Markey put that in his Moral moral Combat book. Uh, the one, Well, actually, it's not Pat Markey, it's Pat Markey and Chris Ferguson. Um, they, they talk about, actually, when there's a new game, that what happens is the children all come together, complete the campaign online, because it's all about who's got the game and who hasn't, all complete it, and then they're in a place where, actually, now we can go out because we're a bit bored with it now, we've completed it. Yeah. So it, it tends to be these kind of concertina moments where people are kind of in and out and in and out. So it's it's not all bad. I mean, I will I will say, Johnny, that yeah, lots of kids do stay gaming, but actually, when they've got bored with it, then they do go out and play. And funnily enough, the children that come here to the therapy room tend to play the same games here. So we yeah. might run round being, um, you know, we might we might be running around the building playing COD, you know, and I'm yeah. I'm shouting, you know, enemy UAV incoming, and the kids are like brilliant, jumps down and. <laughs> to do yeah you know what I mean? it's been it's just become the norm antic cath basically that's what's mm -hmm. happened you know what i mean yeah. gaming's such a big part of everybody's life and everybody knows that you know everybody knows that you know what i mean you, you look the gaming industry is growing you know it's getting bigger mm -hmm. and bigger you're getting big events you know you know you've got your insomnias you've got your egx's that are going over three days down at nec now and stuff these yeah. are big events you know big, these aren't one day events 
you know, you've got like 120,000 people coming through the doors there. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, you know, coming to these sort of conventions and stuff. You've got your packs over in America and all the rest of it and what have you. You know, it, it's it's big. It's yes. big. There's a yeah. lot of kids into gaming. And, you know, whether you like it or not as a parent or because you didn't do it, because when you were a kid, we didn't do that. It doesn't really matter because that's yeah. the way it is, you know, yep. and these kids do do it. And it's like I say, I do believe if it's proportionate and it's in moderation, there should be no problem. There should be no, no problem. And nobody's saying what that proportion or moderation is. You as a parent, you know, yep. you should know that. You, you know what's right and you know what's wrong for your child, don't you? What could be wrong for one might not be wrong for another. Yes, and this is... This is what we just talked about, about why I despise the gaming disorders and things, because actually they have phrases in about, um, you know, excessive. Well, what does that mean? What, how do we quantify that? And actually what's excessive for one family might not be for another, and there might be, oh. Yeah, yeah I mean, there wasn't enough excessive for me when Reese were on, when, when he were palliative. Yeah. If Reese wanted to spend 23 hours a day on a console, like, he can spend 23 hours a day on a console. He really could. Yeah. He really, really could, because... I know exactly what we're going to happen with Reese, and you know, so did, so did my wife Carol and stuff and what have you. And if it kept him distracted, then good enough. That yeah. were good for me. Do you know, if they're not palliative, I totally agree that in moderation, proportionate. But again, mm -hmm. it's back to the families. It's back to the parents, isn't it? You know, what I mean, yeah. it's what's and, and like I said just then, what's right for one may not be right for another. Most definitely, yeah. No. Yeah, and that's why parents will need to be involved with this in, in the uh, the hospitals or the, the whether it's home palliative care, hospices, whatever. Um, yeah, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to, in the show notes, I'm going to put your charity's details and where people can contact you. And, and hopefully what, what we will get from this podcast for you is some people who can and assist you in any way, shape or form um, in, in some of the things that we've talked about here. Um, and there's also something here about for my podcast listeners, this is why I do the job that I do. This is why I use games, because games are not the evil um, empire that people have kind of attributed to. And yes, I do tend to talk about the negative things of cyberspace, because that's my job to, to write about that and educate about it. But do you know what? This is the... This is the ugh, this is the positive. This is why I love what I do, because I sit with children in therapy, playing games, and we, uh, whether that be virtual, whether it be... Uh, computer games or even in the sand tray this is how children manage this is how they regulate they play and they have somewhere to go metaphorically for their mind so i'm i'm kind of just what a fantastic charity you've got um yeah and i think what i'm going to do is is uh yeah just keep telling people about you and obviously we're going to um at some point talk more um because i think if people could understand gaming in this way then maybe they wouldn't be kind of talking about it in such a dire manner at the moment. Yeah, I think so. And like I say, we we what we're trying to get is that sense of normality. Mm. Most you know, why why should someone go to hospital and have something that they enjoy so much taken away from them? Yeah. Let's give them that normality. Let's yeah. give them even if it's for an hour, half an hour, whatever. Let's give them that sense of normality what they can. Let's get them engaging and interacting with other kids. You know, one thing I sat down with a neurosurgeon, top neurosurgeon, and he says if you put if you put five eight year olds together in a in a room, they'll all play. 
Mm-hmm. You put five eleven-year-old to thirteen-year-olds in a room, they won't. They'll just sit there. They won't interact. They won't do it. Yeah. You put a game on. These kids will interact. They will join. Do you want to jump on here with me? Yeah, I'll jump on there with you, and they will. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they don't. And it's the whole idea with this is basically that we we bring these kids together. The gamers united. The tagline that went with it. You know, one of them was, it don't matter what condition you've got, you know, mm-hmm. what illness you have, it doesn't matter. It's Gamers United. We all come together from whatever platform, from whatever you are, you can all play together, you know. Yeah. And the other strap line we used as such war, um, was unplugged from, unplugged, from the wor- unplugged from the world into a good game to help turn a bad day around, which... Lovely. For me, what just Reese, you know, he unplugged from the world into a good game and turned his bad illness around that day. And I'm going to put that as the podcast title this week. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if I can fit it in the characters, yeah, <laughs> but unplugged that, yeah. from the world into a good game to help turn a bad day around, and that's that's you know that's the main strap line we use for this charity because that's what it was, you know, to Reese most definitely. Um, and we still tra- you know, this charity stays true to Reese. It has to, you know, we, we still try and yeah. still stay, you know, we still stay true to it and stuff, you know, people, you know, everything is very personalised. As collection buckets and as, you know, charity jars are blue, it was Reese's favourite colour. Yeah. With all this sort of stuff, we, we try and stay true to this. Um, and, you know, we listen to Reese's mates a lot of times and stuff and what have you, and they get involved with the charity as well, you know. They're devastated as well, Kath, you know, over obviously what happened. You know, it affects children in other ways, you know what I mean, most definitely. So yeah. I do believe it, it can only be a positive thing. Um, I'm sure, like I say, there's plenty of people want to give the negatives out there, but this for us can only be a positive. And, you know, if we yeah. can bring these games and kids together, engage, interact, you know, give that sense of normality and the main thing is give that distraction. Get them that distraction, basically. Do you know when a play worker paints a kid's face, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Well, they're distracting them, aren't they? They're distracting them. It's <laughs> exactly the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. No, but play, but face, paint, face painting through hospital wards, you'll see on every hospital children's ward, not just oncology, you'll see it throughout, you know, paediatric wards throughout the UK. What is it? It's a distraction. Yeah. That having the face paint, they look like a tiger, they run round like a tiger. Well, to be honest, I think it's about making the child feel good and forget about for a short time. And that's that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what you're doing. So I wholeheartedly, uh, as I've said to you, I am absolutely so pleased to be doing this podcast with you and just the message that it's taking out to people. Um, I do hope that so many people listen to this and share it around because this is this is just so important. And obviously being in Wakefield, there's, we can connect afterwards, but I would, I would just encourage anybody and everybody who's listened to this, share it about, because actually this could be on every children's ward up and down the country, in Europe, this, the world. Let's just go big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's go big. Nice. We make a lot this, of kids smile doing that one. Oh, we? wouldn't you just, and families. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So that's what we aim to do, basically. And you know what I mean? Um, Like I say, we're just too easy not to, in my opinion. We just, 
I had to give something back. I had to, you know, Reese's legacy, whatever, you know. And, you know, you know, if I didn't try, it kicked me backside for not trying. It really would. It mm -hmm. really, really would, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I have to do it, you know. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it can only be positive, most definitely, that we can offer these kids this distraction, basically. Yeah. Uh, and the normality, most definitely, without a doubt. Right. Wow. As I said, Johnny, we would go over the half an hour and we have done. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it to a close and, and just thank you so much for your time. Um, and yeah, I just want to thank you for this podcast because it's a, it's an amazing story in, in terms of how you've coped, what you've done and how you've gone on to put the good back into the world for, from, from such a difficult situation. Yeah, I, I appreciate your time, Kath, for that. Thank you. Right. You're, you're welcome. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay. Thanks very much.